Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk. How is talk over her? It's okay. She still gets her money. <laughs> hey, it's Pam Kelly hanging out with you today with a very special guest. And we're going to talk about some very cool things. Heather Dale and the online concert thing while you're trying to make your way through the pandemic. Well, there's a lot of artists that are trying to, to make their way as well and make make their, their living. Also, people want to still have access to see their favorite artists. And in comes online concert thing and your chance to see some of your favorites but we, we've got heather dale to tell us about that and also one of her new songs i'll play before the show's over but here's a favorite from sphere elemental I was walking on the sea, dreaming night. You were there upon the earth, ablaze with light. As light comes to an ember once the fire has died. As light comes to an ember once the fire is inside. And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars. And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars And I see you, earth and water With the sky of fire with stars And I see you, earth and water With the sky of fire with stars You were flying in the night, raven I was dancing as the fire from the spark As flame consumes the water once the daylight dies As flame consumes the water before it takes the skies And I see you, earth and water, with sky of fire with stars And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars And I see you, earth and water with the sky of fire with stars And I see you, earth and water With the sky of fire with stars I was carried by the clouds The moon to freeze You were drifting with the waves Beneath my feet as light comes to an ember, once the fire is flame no more. As light comes to an ember, I wash upon your shore. And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars. And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars. And I see you, earth and water, with the sky of fire with stars. 
Elemental Sphere is the album. You can find out more about it. It's at heatherdale.com, right? If people want to find out it more is. information, yeah. so you can go yep. find heatherdale.com. Yeah, you're amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm like totally, my mind is blown because I have not oh. had a chance to meet you yet. And I mean, I've, I've interviewed a lot of other people in the, in, in the pagan music uh, realm of pagan music, and I I keep wondering when am I going to meet Heather Dale? And it's today. <laughs> today um, is the day. I, I, I was so thrilled. At, yeah, I was just going to say, Shay Tucker got us connected, and I am so I'm in her debt even more than usual because <laughs> she's like a sister to me, and I'm like, oh, you got me in touch with Pamet. Fantastic. So yeah, hi. Hi. Yeah, she's been great. She's she's helped me uh, quite a bit with with getting this endeavor of of getting connected with with pagan artists and getting uh, getting your music out to people who would not normally have the chance to hear your music. And also, you know, well, that's that's part of why I asked to interview you is getting your music out to people who would not normally have a chance to hear your music. And eventually that's where yeah. we're going to go with this interview is, is your online concert things, which is, I'm saying mm-hmm. this all around with, with Suge, with you, with, uh, with uh, Alexander James Adams, Alec, Alec, uh, with uh, Ginger mm-hmm. Doss. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm really curious when we get to that point to, 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 talk about the online concert thing but before we do I want to talk about about you I it it was so funny because I was like doing my homework on you last night and I found your I found your TED talk about your your finding your tribe and I'm like oh my gosh I am so her tribe 
So do you mind yes. giving like a Reader's Digest <laughs> condensed version of, of, of that TED of Talk? Of course, yeah. Uh, well, for, for people who don't know me, I mean, my, my name is Heather Dale, and I'm Canadian, as I'm sure my accent will, will show off fairly soon. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I grew up in Toronto, and um, I grew up one of those kids who seemed like I was sure that my brother and I were the only people who loved fantasy novels and Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons and science fiction and magic and everything. And, and I just, I figured nobody else in the world, like, where would I find other people that love this stuff? And so, you know, I lived a, a very um, imaginative sort of magical childhood, but I didn't really connect with my tribe until much later on. Um, when I was a teenager, I, I took my love of all things medieval, you know, castles and knights in shining armor and dragons and I mean, all of these wonderful things. And I discovered um, uh, medievalists, the people who, who do they try to absorb the, the medieval mindset, the, the good parts of it, the honor and courtesy and personal personal bravery but, and all of these things. And they try to do that in their normal lives, right? And but the they, neat thing they about can, them, they, um, there's... Go ahead. I was just going to say that oh, they okay. keep the no, indoor was, plumbing. They keep the indoor plumbing. Oh, my plumbing. goodness, yes. The good stuff. <laughs> yes, and we try we try to get rid of the sexism and the racism and all the horrible stuff that you know was well well left back yeah. then. But there were certain things that you know really do enrich the way we think, and I find that through pagan communities everywhere is this idea of community and this idea of you know looking out for each other. And so I joined that group, and of course immediately started sewing medieval gowns and swanning around, and I had so much fun. And I found people who really got it who really understood why I was, you know, spending 12 hours a week making tiny paper castles, you know, like no, no reason <laughs> other than just I felt like that's where I belonged, right? So I, I joined the, right. the SCA, the Society for Creative Anachronism, which is the biggest of the medieval organizations in the world. And I just, I, I started living and breathing the me that I had always sort of felt I, I was, you know, someone who was connected to the earth and someone who, um, you know, could embody grace as well as strength and, you know, just these things where I had always felt really out of touch in the 20th century. And now, you know, in the 21st century, well, as you. I'm older, I just... Yeah, I just didn't didn't feel right until I started to find my tribe. And then through them, of course, uh, people said, hey, you, you've never been to a science fiction convention. And I went, those are in California, right? <laughs> and they looked at me strangely and they said, we have one down the street. You should come. <laughs> and suddenly here I was with the fantasy authors that I had been reading my whole life and the, the science fiction people who were excited about space travel and all of these things that I had just lately alone in the world. So here was another part of my tribe that I I suddenly got a hold of and people then said well have you tried this have you gone uh, to a pagan festival I thought there are pagan festivals how fabulous so you know I started to just um, expand this beautiful world that that was opening up in front of my eyes and the music that I had started making um, in my teens um, has really strong messages of you know, honor and, you know, if I stand for my truth and if I stand for uh, the people who can't stand for themselves, then I am living 
you know, my best self. I'm living this dream of being a a knight in shining armor and, you know, all of those things. And if I can stay connected to the goddess and to nature and not lose those things living in a city in the 21st century, again, I'm being true to myself. And so I really, I love this community, this huge, broad, you know, big tent community. (laughs) And, you know, the more people I discover, the more, the more facets I discover. So it's really been amazing. And I, I started um, recording my music, I don't know, 1993, I guess. I was just starting university. And for the last 20, 25 years, I just, I've never stopped. I just keep finding more and more inspiration from the people I meet and the stories and the Celtic myths and the fairy tales and the, you know, everything that, that had inspired me as a child, I am even more inspired by now. So it's all, it's all continuing on. I'm still making music. I'm doing my best to help new artists get their feet under them and get their music out to the world and yeah I feel so blessed that I I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life you know and that's just great that's just amazing the way I love the community the the uh the pagan community pagan music well the pagan community for one but for the pagan musicians Mm -hmm. there's so much support and so much love and so much respect for each other and what each other is doing that I, I I it really a lot of people should learn from that. A lot of people should, should understand mm-hmm. that when everybody works together towards this, that it's better for the whole group. Um, and, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I, I told you, like, in private, I was telling you about my, my journey through radio. Um, I started out with just a regular disc jockey playing, you know, stuff like the Beatles and, uh, you know, whoever was yeah. Guns N' Roses, whoever was, was the, the, the top 40 uh, or oldies person um, at the time. Mm-hmm. And eventually I, you know, the, I would meet these, I got involved with, um, with the local music scene when I lived in, in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And I met some really amazing musicians and the stuff that they were doing and the connection that they had to the, the heritage where they were at, you know, the uh, songs about blizzards that happened and, and people who they, everybody knew in town. And I, I couldn't play the music. I had no place to play their music because you can't play yeah, it on the top yeah. 40 radio. Um, and eventually uh, I ended up in Texas and I became the first program director for Cumulus Broadcasting's first uh, Red Dirt Texas Country music station. And with with Texas Americana, people call it Americana, Texas Country, mm-hmm, yeah. Red Dirt, Alternative Country, that's very similar in some respects to like the pagan music scene because you have these different yeah. uh, communities across the United States that are really into that that genre and they're super fans but it's spreading mm-hmm. that outside of that community it's it's kind of difficult and I was able to to meet and get into that Texas music scene uh with the artists there too and they're also very supportive and I've just been my mind is blown because you know we're we see these movies of you know big rock stars treating people like you know peons or you know I want all the red (laughs) M&Ms taken out of my bowl uh and and to you know what I'm talking about. They get to meet some amazingly oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. talented artists who who speak, who have a 
such a connection with with their their audience um and and to be able to to promote that is is exciting for me and that's part of why I, I I'm doing what I'm doing is so I can also learn. And so I can hopefully people who are like, who's Heather Dale? Well, exactly. You know, here's yeah. Heather Dale. Here's Heather Dale. And, 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 yeah. you know, go and find out more about her. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I'm going to go ahead and take bit by bit things that you said. I was one of those kids too. I think most everyone listening was one of those kids too that thought, "Where? Well, I'm the only one who. I was the only girl who played D and D." Oh um, yeah, me too for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I I was the only girl who played D and D, and I saw one of my friends. Uh, they did like this piece on the the local news about this group called the SCA, and they're out in garb dancing around this, uh, the, I lived in Germany and they were dancing around the castle grounds oh, okay. and that was my friend. And I went to her and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Annette, Annette, you've got to get me involved with this. And Annette was, unfortunately, <laughs> no. it was her, it was her mother who was the one that was into it. And to her, it was like something she was dragged to every week. And she's like, mm. Oh God, it's so dumb, Pam. <laughs> but I got her to take me. <laughs> it's like you're, you're almost saying, yeah, you know, can I, can I go hang with your mom? Because <laughs> she's cool. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to hang out with your mom. I want to go ahead and wear garb. And, and it's, it is, it's, it's, everyone should, it's not LARPing. Okay. We got to make that very clear. Not trying to oh, yeah, cast yeah. any, you know, shade on LARPing. There's, there's a place for LARPing, which is live action role play. But the oh, yeah. uh, SCA is, 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 I can, I, when I ex- describe it to people, I say it's like um, Civil War reenactment type things, but medievally. Yeah. Yeah. I have another, because, uh, another way that I've, I've sort of talked about it as well is LARPing has, you know, a storyline and there's, there's um, certain character roles that you play. Well, there's an element of that in the SCA. I mean, when I am at a medievalist event, I call myself Marion, which happens to be my middle name, because Heather wasn't a, a name that was used in the Middle Ages. So it'd be kind of weird. It's like, you know, calling yourself, you know, Tiffany or something really, really modern. It just sort of breaks that, that fun little um, sort of idea. And so I call myself Marion of Heatherdale. And so a lot of people know me and my music by that name, but it's still, you know, we're, we're creating um, in, in some ways to LARPers who, uh, who I chat with, I'm like, oh yeah, there, it's not completely divorced from the idea of a LARP, but there's, there's no real storyline going through it. And I think the closest way to explain it is that it's like the LARP of village life. You know, people are just hanging out and doing their thing and doing crafts, you know, sweeping their, their front step, you know, they're out there with their tents and things. So it's, it's not really an epic quest, but it's so cool to get immersed into this sense of being in a little village or being in a a campsite with a whole bunch of other people who have the same, the same excitement about medieval things. Well, and you, you hit upon one of the things that I think, you know, people like us are drawn to it is, you know, they're sitting around doing their crafts and, and you were talking about, you know, making garb, um, you know, the costumes uh, and you, you have your music Mm -hmm. obviously and I have one friend who got into weaving, and she does these oh, beautiful yeah. woven 
Yeah, and everybody, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like this barter thing, too, because you're talking about the village. Oh, I know somebody who makes yeah. uh, mead, mead horns. Who, who makes those, Exactly, you know, or armor. candles or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you, you try to be as accurate you know, as you can, which like you were talking about, Heather, Mm -hmm. Heather is a, is a, is a plant. So that's like calling your, you know, calling yourself a crabgrass, you know, (laughs) not, not saying it's It's just what you use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a daughter named Chelsea and when I lived in England, they, Chelsea's a town there. They thought that that was very strange that you would name your daughter, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. The name, it's like naming your daughter. (laughs) Exactly. It's a perfectly great name, but just because of the context, it feels a little out of place. So, yeah, totally. Um, so you, you started in the SDA, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And is that what drew you to, because there's a, a lot of myth woven into your songs. I was mm-hmm. uh, looking up your song about the Selkie and I was like explaining to my significant other that there's a in my my mundane name <laughs> already using the, mm-hmm, the terminology. Yeah. My real name, my not my radio name. Um, my family is known for for having. There's rumors that we came from Selkies, so oh, I so I, cool. I really like that. Scottish fairy folk, yeah. Yeah, the the um, specifically the selkies, the ones that come from the the sea. I love yeah. I love those fairy tales. I mean, that to be honest, that's mm-hmm. what drew me to paganism, and also what drew me to to the SCA is. Can you mm-hmm. can you expound on your relationship with with those with the fairy tales and with the, oh yeah. Well, I think and how that led to me music. that that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the big one for me was the the King Arthur legends. Um, it's a huge set of legends, and honestly, everybody they they only started. Well, they only start, quote unquote, uh, they started 1500 years ago in about 580. And I mean, ever since over 1500 years, over everywhere in the world, particularly everywhere across Europe, um, every storyteller would tell them differently. You had this big cast of characters. You had noble King Arthur who who had had, he had made mistakes in his younger life and he was just trying to do right for the rest of his life. His sister Morgan Le Fay who looked for ways, paths to power um, in in the fairy world. Guinevere who is uh, a queen, she's graceful, she's loved, but her heart is torn in two different ways. I mean, all of these wonderful, wonderful characters. And I started seeing them not just as sort of archetypes I started seeing them with nuance and looking at them and thinking well I wonder what Lancelot was thinking at that point and you know coming from a a fantasy novel kind of background I'm used to this idea of well why don't you step into that character's frame of reference and just imagine that scene from their perspective and that's that's one of the things that absolutely grabbed my music um, right off the bat was I started writing King Arthur stories that were hopefully sharing some of my, you know, personal development, the little pieces of wisdom I was learning as I was growing, as I was talking to elders, as I was reading um, literature and philosophy from 
you know, the Celtic bards on up to, you know, modern philosophers. I mean, they're, they're trying to do what everybody's trying to do, I think, is that they're trying to, they're trying to talk about the human condition and open someone's eyes, you know, say, I don't know if you've ever th- thought about this quite this way before, but try it. And who knows where it's going to lead you? Who knows how it might change you if you if you think from a different perspective? And those King Arthur stories, I just they started tumbling out of me. I you know I would look at you know Guinevere who was torn between two men that she adored, and and I felt well what you know what if the story was different? What if she was able to be with both men? Or what if you know uh, things had gone differently and and it hadn't led to war? Instead, they had found a way to be peaceful and. You know, and then there's other times where I'm like, Morgan Le Fay had a horrible, really rough, rough childhood. And how did that affect her in her feminine power? How did that change her? And I mean, it changed me just thinking about it, thinking, wow, if I had grown up that way, what what pieces of wisdom would I have pulled from that? Um, so yeah, I mean that those were my those were my bread and butter. I had just always loved those tales, and when it started to come out in poetry and lyrics and songs, you know, immediately these these characters, I almost felt like I could step into each character and and perform uh, a song based on you know being Lancelot, being Arthur, being Merlin for a couple of minutes. So I mean, there's there's real magic in music. There's real magic, um, you know, in in bardic poetry. Um, you had mentioned something earlier, actually, that I meant to say is you were saying um, that your your one of your passions is creating a space where people can come and learn about new music and share music that they love and they're passionate about. And um, I love the medieval idea of the bard, even before troubadours, you know, the, the, the fancy folk who would run around with a mm-hmm. lute and, you know, sing under people's windows. But even before that, of course, <laughs> the old Celtic cultures, they had druids, they had bards, they had Olaf, the, the people who were tasked with remembering the wisdom of, of the culture yeah. and tasked with passing that on in whatever way would would work best for their audience you know they would talk differently to the 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 kids in the community than they would to the elders and and all of those like i'm listening to you and i'm like you're creating a bardic circle you're creating bardic venue for people to come and share art so i mean it's amazing it's it's one of those things that's truly magic i think in the world so yeah i i get i get where that passion comes from well, and, and I wanted to, to, to expand on some of the things that you were saying about King Arthur, because King Arthur, the Arthurian legends, there's, there's so much to, to learn that was hidden pagan-wise. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. tried to Christianize a lot of the, 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 uh, a lot of the, 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 the myths of Arthur, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of themes in there that, that are it speaks to Christians. It speaks to to pagans. Oh yeah. It, it speaks to, to and it speaks throughout the years because when you you talk about the original mm-hmm. Arthur, you know they're they're saying okay maybe there was an Arthur, but it's usually an amalgamation. Um, amalgam- bleh, bleh, bleh. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> amalgamation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Of, of different chieftains during that time, and that was the the mm-hmm. first Arthurian legends that you went. To to, uh, you explain to people, and then when we get to like uh, Lamor to Arthur, you've got the addition of um, of Lancelot, and that was the time of, of mm-hmm. courtly romance and chivalry. 
So that, you know, Lancelot is a hero of that time. And now as we we fast forward to this time period and we have uh, paganism has its roots in, uh, you know, people might get turned off by this, but you really need to listen and not be turned off by this. Feminism, Mm -hmm. the feminist movement and Mm -hmm. and neo-paganism grew up together especially in in the north in north america um and yeah. you know we've got stories you know about uh a lot more stories focusing on like what you were saying guinevere's point of view morgana's point of view and mm-hmm. that was you know you you have a a a show is it a, a it's a musical the queens of avalon can you it tell is. me a little bit yeah. about that Oh, my goodness. I had wanted to do this for years and years. Again, because because as a songwriter and as an artist, I, I initially thought, well, the King Arthur legends, they're set in stone. They've been written. I have to sort of pay attention to them the way they are. And the more I studied, the more exactly what you were saying, I realized they started somewhere in the 500s. But by the 1100s, they had changed. Courtly Love was in. And then later on, the you know, um, Thomas Mallory was was living through the wars of the roses he was living in civil war and so there's this huge civil war tragedy of brother against brother and so this story has been used to talk about contemporary things for so so long I thought well why can't I talk about contemporary things a little bit with that lens and yeah um, Morgan Le Fay has always fascinated me she she took a really tough childhood and she turned it into something amazing and she is often cast as the villain in the story, but she could be equally seen as someone who, who pulled herself out of darkness and found herself and found her a way to be a powerful, confident woman. Same with Guinevere. I mean, she's often portrayed as this sort of flighty, silly girl, you know, not really ever getting the whole uh, queenship thing. But I think also here's a woman, she's a, a nobleman's daughter who grew up on the land and here she's brought to this, this height of, being responsible for so so many people and whenever Arthur was outside of Camelot who was reigning she was responsible for everyone and I I like to say she did everything Arthur did but backwards and gracefully in high heels you know what I mean (laughs) she gets a bad rap but she's quite an amazing woman so I mean when I know what you say when when you say feminism a lot of people think you know the really the really adversarial feminism but in a lot of ways it's just saying women have their their own perspective and stories and why shouldn't we right. listen to those stories as well as the ones written by men? And so um, I had been touring with my partner, Ben Deschamps. We had been touring all over the world for 10 years. Um, one year we just looked at each other and we said, all right, we're going to do this. And we stuffed everything into our station wagon and we just started driving and we started doing concerts everywhere. And by the end of 10 years, I mean, we'd been every single state, every province across Canada. We'd been to England and Germany and Hungary and Spain and then Australia and all these places. And we had shared this music and met so many amazing people, amazing storytellers. Um, I, I had been thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have the story of the King Arthur arc, you know, Arthur is born and, and becomes the once and future king and, and it all sort of Camelot comes apart, etc. Mm-hmm. What if we did it from the women's perspective? In a lot of ways, the Why story not? is about a bunch of, you know, powerful men. And that's totally great. But it's, you know, what about the powerful women? Let's try it a different way. 
And so I talked to S.J. Tucker, who is just my dear sister. She is such an amazing woman. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know her, she is just a, she's a pixie and she is a priestess <laughs> and she is just she is so yes. powerful in her own, you know, in her own wonderfulness. And she um, I had been talking to her about this idea and she just looked at me and she says, yes. We have to do this. And so what we started, we did a crowdfunding campaign, the very first crowdfunding I had ever done. And we picked a ridiculously, you know, we, I think we said in 18 months, if we get funded, we are going to do, or in one year, we're going to write a musical from scratch about the women's perspective of King of the King Arthur story. We are going to rehearse it. We are going to build the sets and the costumes and the everything, and we're going to film it. And at the end of this year, we're going to have a DVD for everybody who wants to crowdfund this crazy idea. And it's called Queens of Avalon. And we managed it. And it was just the, the most amazing wow. madcap year of my life. Ben and Suj and I wrote all the music. Suj plays Guinevere. Um, it, it's a two-woman play. And it covers 20 years of the, the girls' lives. I play Morgan Le Fay. Suj is Guinevere. And it starts with the conceit of what if, when they were younger, they met without any of the politics that, that tore them apart later. What if they met and just loved each other, you know, like that instant sister, heart yeah. sister bond that you sometimes feel with that best friend. And how would that play yeah. out? How would Guinevere's sunniness affect Morgana, who is, you know, coping with darkness at home? And how would Morgana's practicality and her, you know, her, her bravery, how would that affect Guinevere as she's, she's becoming less confident later in life. And so we follow these two girls into adulthood and through their, their troubles and their joys. And at the very end, I won't, I won't spoil it, but at the end of the musical, we see where these two women come back together again. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted in it. We have it on, on DVD or we have it as a, as a download at heatherdale.com. And I'm just so proud to know that that, strange beautiful way of telling the story is now out there and who knows who knows the people that watch it they may think in a whole new direction and that's good enough for me that's if that's the legacy of that meat project then i i am more than happy i i yeah feel really blessed that we got to do I think, it i think i think that's amazing i you know i have to say i'm a big fan of of uh of game of thrones right and i think a lot of people mm -hmm. who follow this this type of uh, music and art and everything. Uh, well, no, Game of Thrones was a phenomenon. Everybody loved Game of Thrones. Yeah. But everybody hated yeah. Sansa. I don't want to go off way too much mm -hmm. on this, but I just want to say everybody hated no, I totally Sansa. Get it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, why are you hating Sansa? She's she's yeah. she was thrown in this as you know somebody with very little power, and she learned huh. how to get that power. And and her art to me was very empowering uh but 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 mm -hmm. i want to go ahead we're going to go ahead and i'm going to lead into a song with this we talked about the sure. the uh, the evolution of arthurian legend in our time and i feel yeah. as if you you've come to another uh bit of evolution in in this new century as we're being more introspective and you know people are embracing uh uh embracing therapy <laughs> and, and mm -hmm, self-improvement. Uh, yeah. Self yeah, I think you know where I'm going. Okay, so we're going to think about yep, these people yep. who are putting it, put into these, these situations and had no choice. 
I'm going to go ahead and give you a little mm-hmm. bit of glimpse of me. I've, I love, I was a theater nerd and I, I love, Ooh, cool. there was only, there was one role that I always wanted to play that I wish I could have been a guy so I could play this one role. Yeah. And that's Mordred. I always wanted to play Mordred. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, what an amazing I don't think give them the boy! Death. Yeah. So why? Where am I going? Well, I mean, Mordred thing. This, ever? <laughs> well, the 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 first time I got into the head of that part of the story, into the headspace, was Morgan Le Fay is is she's looking for power any way she can, and she has a child because she realizes she's not going to be able to affect the kingdoms as a woman in that time. And so she has a child, she mm-hmm. has a son and that son is raised to, she, she basically says, you know, I'm going to raise you to be strong and to have one single vision. And that vision is to overthrow my brother, Arthur. I'll never be able to do it, but you can. And so um, it, it I, it's put shivers up my back when I first thought of it in that that way because here is this baby born innocent like we all are and right from the first cradle songs he's he's being made to live out this feud between his parents and I think wow you know Mm -hmm. how much of my reactions to things are you know just from the the family dramas that I absorbed living with my family and how much of that is encapsulated in Mordred's story. You know, he's, he's being made into a weapon. And so I ended up writing this, um, this song, Mordred's Lullaby. I was working in a historical mansion, if you can believe it. Um, I actually have environmentalist <laughs> training. That's, that's what I went to university for. Um, I am a trained environmental oh, activist. Cool. And I, yeah, it was amazing. And so much of it was talking about social justice and, and you know, diversity of perspectives. And I was working, um, there was a, a huge park that was run out of a mansion, um, the, the offices. And I was there, no one else was in that that beautiful mansion and it it was known to have ghosts and I could feel them (laughs) you know I don't know how many people yeah I don't know if I'm sensitive or if I just have a fabulous imagination but it felt so it didn't feel like I was alone and it wasn't the thing but it was really cool the mansion itself had a had a, a spirit and I started humming a weird little melody as I walked around the halls and I couldn't figure out why I just thought oh that's kind of cool it was an earworm all morning and then the words started sort of coming out as I was thinking about Mordred's story and Morgan wow. Le Fay teaching him through the cradle songs. And so that's what you're going to hear is this, this, you know, sort of hair raising moment of my life captured into music and, uh, and brought forward to, to anyone to listen. It's haunting and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and uh, the depth it's woven. I, I've, I've, I've interviewed Arthur Hines before, who's a, who's a druid, and he oh, talks yeah. about, um, yeah, he talks about weaving, weaving a lot, you, you know, that depth that you weave into a story, and this is definitely, mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those, Mordred's Lullaby, <laughs> Heather Dale.
much. There is so much to that song. So many levels, so many layers. It's chilling, it's haunting it. And you're you're not going to hear something like that on on Top 40 radio. It's, you know, it's sad. So that's that's part of why I like to have the, the show, because I want people to be exposed <laughs> uh, to this great music. Um, you, I, I was listening to your, your TED Talk last night, and you brought up about you, you tried to break into Top 40 at one point. Was it the Canadian mm-hmm. Top 40 or just, you know, the Top 40 yeah. Top 40? Yeah, well, you know, the... Yeah, the Canadian one to start, of course, um, but it's, you know, the, the idea of fitting into pop, I, I thought, well, there's adult contemporary pop, maybe maybe I fit there, and, you know, we, we did some experiments, and then I thought, you know what, this is really where, Celtic music is where I grew up, we were a, you know, grab a flute or grab a violin around the kitchen table kind of family, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, well, why am I, why am I trying to reinvent myself when I've got so much to say as me? Um, and the trick was to realize that I wasn't the only person in the world who loved this or resonated with this. And that, again, was what my TED Talk was about. I was so delighted when they asked me to do it. It's called, uh, you know, Finding Your Tribe. And the idea of uh, if I'm true to myself, I can't be the only person in the world who loves the things that I love and have experienced the things that I've experienced, but you have to find ways Heather, to go out and meet people and you've got to find ways Heather, to get I'm it out there, right? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm so excited because that is actually the concept behind my doing these podcasts. Honestly, this is yeah, why I do the yeah. podcast. Because there's got to be other people out there and there's got to be ways to connect us. Exactly. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead and go. I'm sorry. No. Well, this is why we're having so much fun because I actually, people aren't hearing the, the little gabs that we're having when the songs are playing, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we hadn't met before this because it's like two peas in a pod here. But it's, um, yeah, no, I, I'm totally, uh, I love that idea of giving, of trying to get the music out to people creatively. Um, you know, the top 40 is one really powerful channel but it's only one channel, you know, it's one way for people to experience artists to turn the radio on or to turn YouTube on and have people suggest, you know, have, have the top 40 suggest what they should be listening to. When I started, um, the internet was, it sounds like I'm ancient, but it's like when I started, we didn't have the internet, but I mean, quite literally it was in 1993, 1992. Um, people were just starting to say, well, um, you know, when, when they wrote a book about how to run your own record label or how to be an independent musician, they said, well, we're thinking this internet thing, this World Wide Web thing might be useful to independent artists someday. So you should probably pay attention to it. And I look back at it now, and we all live so much of our lives online, and we have access to everything that is available online. I mean, that, it, it's like the whole world is suddenly sharing one big memory bank, and we can share and we can look for things that appeal specifically we don't have to just wait for somebody to throw it up on a wall and we look at it you know we can actually go hunting for these things and I had to get really creative when I thought well gee I'm you know radio isn't going to play what I do because it's it's not top 40 I thought well 
our, I know folk festivals are a thing, and I grew up, you know, listening to Joni Mitchell and, you know, Gordon Lightfoot and all of the Leonard Cohen, the, the folk musicians who were, you know, just <laughs> massive in Canada, and the Clancy Brothers from Ireland, and, you know, like all of these people, James Taylor from the States, and I thought, well, I know they get together, so if I'm true yeah. to my Celtic folk music, I could probably go and hang out with them and say, hey, I'm doing something that's kind of folky do you like it and they did and that was one wonderful way that I was able to sort of start putting my music out I said well you're listening to folk as well um, they had magazines they've met you know they had news groups for a while and now they have you know like there's websites and all sorts of fantastic things and so I started putting little notes on there saying well here I have some new songs and I'm you know a, a young artist from Canada yeah. and so I had to get creative I had to really think well you know that's not the big dream of instant stardom and fame that you get from this whole you know the rock star mentality but it meant people were listening to yeah. my music and it meant that I could get out there and meet people of like mind and start building community. And that happened again when I was a medievalist. Suddenly I, I was singing songs and people were like, oh, I totally get that. And I thought, perfect. Well, that's that's another part of my community. And then, you know, the science fiction, the fantasy, the pagan. I mean, everybody everybody shares a little bit of my experience. And so it all comes together. Um, but, yeah, being really creative. I, I was hugely, hugely influenced by Lorena McKennett. Yeah. So many of your listeners, I think, know her. She is just one of those one of those Celtic performers that delves into the old Celtic stories and the myths and, and just a, a soaring, beautiful voice and a real sensibility. Um, and I remember in 1990, um, when I was in grade 10, uh, my parents said, oh, you're going to watch the, the Juno Awards, which is our Grammy Awards. And it's usually pop stars and everything. So I'm mm -hmm. sitting downstairs in our basement watching this thing. And Lorena McKennett comes on, this woman in velvet in a long gown with a beautiful big harp. And she's got flowing, just fiery red hair. And she and a cellist, Ofra Harnoy, performed Lady of Shalott which was one of her stories that was based on King Arthur. It was, it was taking an old poem, a, a yeah. you know, Victorian poem, and turning it into her music. And I just was, it was an earth-shattering moment for me. I just stared at the TV and I went, oh, there's people that do this. <laughs> I could be there. I could be the yeah. one behind the harp. Um, you know, so there again, you know, finding that that was a very odd venue for her to manage to get onto, like an actual big time award show with, yeah. you know, ball gowns and tuxedos. And yet here she was doing her Celtic stuff. And the neat thing about Lorena, too, is that um, she started um, by dragging her beautiful big harp into the downtown core of Toronto um, and setting up in the farmer's market and basically just playing until her fingers fell off every day. And she, every day, she would meet tons of people who said, I love this. Why have I never heard of Celtic music before? You know, here, I'll buy a CD or a cassette yeah. tape or whatever it was at the time. And instead of pursuing this, you know, well, I have to get signed by Universal Records or somebody has to discover me from Sony Records. She said, well, if I just keep doing this, I am captain of my own ship. I can take care of the business side myself and nobody gets to tell me that I have to change my music. And I thought, wow, exactly. that is a feminist power right there. And there is a woman who says, why do I wait to be discovered when I could just start doing and see where it takes me. 
And so that's, that's, that's the reason I do what I do. That's yeah, honestly sorry. when I was talking about that connection with, with the Texas country, um, to be honest, that is yeah. like totally the concept of the Texas country because they're, they're very anti-Nashville, not because they mm-hmm. don't, I mean, they know that eventually it would be nice to be in Nashville and, and have the contracts and make the money and yeah. everything, but they like to be able to do it on their terms. They like, you know, and yeah, there's so much exactly. great talent that comes out of Austin and a lot of artists that mm-hmm. people don't, don't necessarily hear about unless you go to, go to yeah. festivals. Um, and yeah, I, I, I want it before I get into the festival stuff, I, I really want to, no, no, we're going to do that first. And then I'll pick your brains about the, about the, <laughs> the fact that you, about the technical you have side your of own. It. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, it's like, uh, sorry, I'm like trying to form all the words. Fourth of July in Texas, they have a big Willie, Willie Delson's birthday party and all these artists that are Mm -hmm. like two tons of steel and, uh, and uh, Tommy Alverson, people that you would know if you weren't in that, you know, it's kind of what I'm saying with that is like Heather Dale, SJ Tucker, you know, these are the, the, the groups that are known in that, that venue that's that um mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. fandom you know um but but so much of your word of mouth and you're reaching out and, and and hitting your audience is being able to hit those festivals and hit those you know uh conventions uh the the folk mm-hmm. con- folk festivals pagan uh, conventions and pagan uh, festivals, uh, gatherings, yeah. yeah, but we're not, you know, we're not able to do that right now. It's, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about all my friends that do that, like you, like SJ Tucker, like Ginger Doss, that, you know, what do you, what do you guys do? What do you do? And I know, I I, yeah, it's it's one of these, just, it, it's disrupted everything. And I mean, of course it has. We're all coping with, you know, unusual times, uh, to say the least. Um, I think in some ways, um, I don't want to use the word lucky because there's nothing lucky about what's going on. But in, I just try to imagine us going through all of this without being able to call each other or you know, see each other's videos or, you know, read the news even just to find out what's happening in other parts of the world and how things are really going. And I just think, wow, I grew up in a a time when, you know, the telephone was like, we, you know, all my friends from school, we would get on the telephone and we would gab all all evening after school. Right. And now I think, well, you know, everybody is able to see, art they're able to see theater and there's ways for independent people everywhere without a huge like million dollar studio they're able to put their own art up there whether it's visual art or poetry or music or you know dance theater any of these things we're now at the point that as long as you've got a webcam and you have some connection to the internet you can actually share art with people you can help their moods by you know by by putting out something that's that's coming from your heart and hopefully will be absorbed by their hearts you know what i mean and i yeah i just i think about uh you know people a hundred years ago going through an isolation like this and i just think wow i i don't know how i would have coped you know not being able to go out and and find out what's happening 
two two towns down oh, yeah. away, or w- whether my cousins were okay, or that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I mean, we're all having to be creative, and in many ways, it's like me as a young artist with this unusual music, saying, I have to be creative to get my music out in a way that's unusual you know I'm going to go and sit in a coffee shop and play music and see if anybody resonates with it or I'm going to print up posters and hand color them and put them in libraries or whatever it whatever it took to try to find the people that I was looking for and I think that's that's what we're starting to see everywhere all artists are basically saying well the old stuff didn't work what do I do now? And who knows where we're all going to, um, you know, emerge at the other end of this. I, you know, I, I know right. it's, that there's a huge disruption, but in other ways, you know, it's an evolution of how we, how we appreciate art. Yeah. I mean, for, for a very small example, um, I actually uh, heard a friend of mine said he was going to be running the Berkeley Dulcimer Festival. And I play dulcimer. It's a, it's an Appalachian instrument. It's a folk instrument. And there's hammered dulcimers that you hit with those, the strings on the box you hit with little tiny paddles. And then there's a strummed version as well. And it's a beautiful folk instrument. And I thought, well, that's nice. You know, you're, you're doing a folk festival down there in Berkeley, California. And he said, well, why don't you come? And I thought, why don't I come? Because it was virtual this year. And so I actually, uh, you know, here in Toronto, I had my dulcimer on my lap and I was hanging out with with like-minded people down in California for the morning. And I thought, wow, uh, I had never thought even to do that before. So sometimes when a door closes, you know, windows open. So who knows where we're all going to be. This has been, you know, I I have, uh, I struggle with uh, chronic illnesses and I also have, really bad agoraphobia. I'm like this world traveler when I was mm. young and now I'm, I have a hard time leaving my area. So without, yeah. uh, without the internet, I, I, I can just only imagine what my life would be like without being able to do yeah. podcasts and everything. And, and I understand what you're saying. It's not fortunate that we're dealing with a pandemic. It's not fortunate that we mm-hmm. have, have to deal with, with all this uh, illness and fear and, and death. Yeah, that's a horrible thing. But but some of the the interesting things how how people how people survive and thrive in in times like this is amazing. And yeah. I just yeah. this last weekend I was um, they for the 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 disorder I have we have a, a yearly global mm. conference. And I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do that because I can never leave where I'm at. Yeah. And this year we did it virtually. We did it all online. Oh. And I got to hear some really cool, you know, world world specialists in, in, in my disorder. Yeah. And I actually added one on Twitter and started having a conversation with her the other night. And that yep. couldn't have, like you said, that exactly. couldn't have happened, you know, 20 years ago. Um, much less, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred years ago, but, but with, with basically what I'm saying and what you're saying is with this horrible thing that we're dealing with, we're finding ways to still connect and to, yeah to share our art. And when I heard about your online concert thing, uh, I saw Suge was doing stuff with it. I saw uh, Ginger Dodds mm-hmm. 
the I talked about listening to your sulky song. It was a preview before, uh, so people could hear a little bit of you know about you and buy a, a ticket to yeah, your concert. Yeah. And you know, again, horrible thing we're going through with the pandemic, but advantageous because now people like me, who can't go to your concerts for exactly. various reasons, yeah. we can now. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how did this? Yeah, it's how this, this weird dichotomy, you know? Well, yeah. it's interesting. I'm going to rewind just a bit because part of the reason that we're we're using all of these new tools um, is that I grew up sort of in the first generation that had the opportunity to be really tech savvy. Um, and when I was a kid, I, I had the extra good fortune that my dad is a self-avowed, like, techno-mage nerd wizard. I, I love him to death. My dad is fantastic. <laughs> and, I mean, he basically taught himself uh, electronics in the 60s. He basically, you know, like, he, he spent a whole career cool. inventing electronics things for the television and radio industries, right? So all of the stuff behind the scenes that you never see on camera or that you never see, you never hear on radio – all of those pieces of equipment had to be built by someone. They had to be designed by someone who understood how electricity works. And in those days, I mean, it was absolutely people were coming up with things in their basements and basically taking them up to the TV studio and giving them a try, right? Yeah. So I grew up with, you know, my dad's workshop downstairs had wires and pliers and soldering irons and computer bits and an old telegraph machine. I mean, just it was it was this incredible wow. you know technolo- technological you know just hive it was amazing so you i have, grew up you um, have no idea of, sorry you have no you yeah? have no idea how much my geek my geek senses are going on on cuz i've got a degree and my degree is in telecommunications management and when you start talking about oh, telegraphs no and and oh yeah oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and I'm sure in many ways, growing up with that being really exciting, you know, like many, many fathers would raise their children to really love a sports team. My dad was like, oh, you've got to check this out. This is so cool. I've I've got a guy in Barbados on my ham radio. Let's go talk to him. And I mean, it's just stuff like that that is like, I know what you mean. My little geek heart is just so excited by those things. And that's totally my dad's legacy. Um, He's fantastic. Teenager, as I was um, writing music and playing piano and singing and, um, you know, learning other instruments, harp, dulcimer, all these other things. Um, when when I, I was trying to figure out ways to get that music out to people, because music is, half of it is what it brings out in you, but the other half of it is what it brings out in the people listening. And they always bring right. their own experiences to it, right? And so right. in order to get my music out to people, um, I I was the first generation where you could buy some really cheap electronic bits at Radio Shack and a weird little microphone from a secondhand shop. And you could basically put it all together and record onto a cassette player that you bought from, I don't know, Sears or whatever. And what you turned out at the end was actually not that different from the people who used to go into Motown records in Detroit, you know, and spend half a million dollars pressing vinyl. Right. We we had the technology to do it. And my, my dad had us on the cusp of it. So I grew up being an audio engineer. I've learned right from theory all the way up. And that's, I mean, part of that is that I just love finding ways to tackle new challenges. Um, can with I, the goal can I throw, of art, but I, with the tools of tech, yeah. 
I, w- I want to throw in a little bit of geek trivia here. Um, you know, we talked a little yeah, bit yeah. Off, off mic about my ex did pretty much exactly what you're talking about with a little four track, you know, cassette recorder for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes, but a four track yeah, recorder. Yeah. And it was the same one unbeknownst to people who are not geek audiophile nerds like us, uh, the same system that was used to record most of the, the Man at Work album, Cargo, which was recorded no way. in their house. And most of the stuff on, on ah! Cargo was recorded like in their bathroom. I Go love it. it oh my gosh, that's so good. There you go, right? <laughs> but that, that's the same, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's what my ex used to do too. Is oh, that is so cool, it, and, and, and I, you hear those stories. Well, and I think too, like oh, what I was saying too, is that we were the first generation that really had access to that stuff. I mean, we think of George Martin yeah. and the Beatles and the amazing stuff they had. Well, they were singing into microphones that cost you know a quarter of a million dollars. And the reason they cost know, a quarter right? of a million dollars is that the 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 physics knowledge and the, the mechanical crafting skill to make something that sensitive was, I mean, almost nobody in the world could do it. And so as more and more people learned how to make these these technological marvels, the, the entry level became so much more accessible. And um, I... You know, the, even before the internet, and certainly before laptop computers, um, I was I was um, creating my own recordings, and then part of um, my career has been producing other artists as well, um, where I'm taking my artistic skills, um, you know, how to arrange uh, instruments and how to bring out the best in a singer um, when they're you know where they've got headphones slammed on their head and they're trying to sing into a microphone right. and all these things. I can marry them with the knowledge of how does that huge soundboard work and what's the best acoustics um, that we can get out of this room and and what type type of equipment should we be using? And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of women in particular are really, they're, they're very cautious about um, having the technological knowledge. And in a lot of cases it's that, you know, due to sort of biases, cultural biases, they we're not exposed to it as a, as kids. We're not told, Hey, you should like go out with a soldering iron and see if you can make this, piece of electronics work you know like it's like people learning uh mechanical tools you know how many people go out and learn a bandsaw when they're kids you know like there's there's that that barrier yeah there's that barrier but I love I love being a producer yeah Remember, I was telling you that I, I started out in radio. I started out in radio. I got involved with my ex, who did sound for local bands, and they mm-hmm. were doing a, a women's concert. And I said it'd be really cool yeah. because I wanted to do more sound for bands. This would be a really cool first place to do because it's a women's concert. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Women are more sexist than men because I remember uh-huh, showing yeah. up. I was I was pregnant and I couldn't lift the stuff, and he was he right. was in yeah, the military. Yeah. He was doing his his military stuff and he couldn't be there. And I showed up at the theater and I'm like, I just need help with pulling this out and and setting it up. Yeah. And the the lady says, Oh yeah, oh Mike's here. He could do it. And I'm like, I trained Mike. I can do yeah, this. I'm, I'm I just good. I can do this. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It, and, I uh, I did sound for a trio doing an acapella like har- harmony thing a trio, and I had to have them swap microphones because like what you said 
no, that microphone isn't good for your voice, but it's better for her voice. And yeah. this is, you know, to bring out the best exactly. sound. And I had them mixed perfectly. And when they got off stage, they said, he doesn't touch this. He is not going to touch got this. It. You know what you're doing. But uh, but mm-hmm. just running into that, he before we went to the, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna complain here. Before we did this show, I um, I was so excited about. It. He says, well, I'm gonna have to make sure that I uh, run you through different scenarios of setting up the equipment. I looked at him like what? And he says, this is thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I looked at him. I said, oh, you're so right. They've been trusting me oh, at the gosh. radio station with. They've been trusting me at the radio station all these years with millions of dollars of equipment. You should call them. They should know that. <laughs> I love it. They need to know that. Great, great way to to make a reminder there. Just that don't assume things yeah. about people. You never know, right? It's like, dude, yeah. I've been doing this well, professionally. You did this as a ha- as a hobby, you know. But yeah, it exactly. is hard for women to do that. And ironically, ironically, we we have a better sense of of sound for the nuance. And and it's I'm not I'm not talking about you know being a feminist. You know, it's just biology. The biologically, uh, you know, women do have a better pickup of certain frequencies that men don't have. Mm -hmm. It's just how we hear. You know, that's that super, yeah. super, and, and that super mom, mom hearing that you can hear somebody across, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and what are you going to get to? I mean, there will, <laughs> <laughs> there will be, there will be amazing individuals and, and sex doesn't matter. I mean, that it it's the individual that is incredible. And, you know, in, in other ways, like you say, I mean, there's frequency ranges that, that differ between the sexes, but part of it too, is the way we're raised. Women are, are really there's uh, so much of our upbringing is that we should be listening. We should be listening um, to what's going on around us. And that's not always true for, you know, the way some, some men are raised is that they're always, you know, you should be speaking up, you should be, you know, asserting yourself. And sometimes that makes for an incredibly different production experience or recording engineer experience, because, you know, it, it, every individual brings their own experience to it. And in most cases, right. women's experiences are very, very different from men's experiences. I actually, um, it's funny you mentioned the TED Talk a couple of times. There was another um, woman there who was doing um, uh, one of the TED Talks, I guess, later in the, the afternoon. And I, I was so inspired by her. She was uh, a fourth year engineering, mechanical engineering, or no, yeah, mechanical engineering student. Um, She had long blonde hair. She was gorgeous, beautifully made up, you know, short skirt, really tailored jacket, high heels. And she walked out and um, she had been through, she she was um, a model as well as being an engineer, as an absolutely officer class engineer. Yeah. And she said part of the the pressure um, of being one of the few women in her engineering class was that people were like, well, why, if you want to be taken seriously, why don't you dress down? Why don't you dress more like what an engineer should be? And she looked at the crowd yeah. of all of these young people and she said, I want you guys to look at me right now. This is what an engineer looks like. And I went, oh, you go, you know, we're, we're all examples. Never- You're an example to everybody who, who sees what you've done with your knowledge. And I'm an example to the people that see that I managed to do it. And, and there's a, a line in one of my songs is you never know who's watching or how far that story goes because you never do. 
Yeah. You know, somebody might see there, it. There, and I may never hear about it, but it might change their life. You know. That was actually a meme a couple of years ago because a, a young lady went in, an engineer went in for a job, and they told her that she couldn't have it because she didn't look like an engineer. And all these female engineers mm-hmm. around the world were like photographing themselves holding a picture saying this is what an engineer looks like. And when Google did a year exactly. in review uh, of that year, they picked, they posted like I think 16 pictures of the women who you know, uh, that were holding up that sign. I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to brag right now. Yeah. Like the next yeah. last one, daughter, the electrical engineer. <gasps> Are you serious? Ah, oh, so serious. good. My I just think how many people she's the... inspired by just being herself, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because I, you know, I yeah. tried to teach it's, my it's, girls mm. that you not yeah. to, I tried to, to not to, to, you were talking about a lot of the, the stuff about not wanting, not women not feeling confident, I guess, to, to get into things mm-hmm. like engineering and, and IT, like I did in radio even. Um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a radio disc jockey, I was usually one of the few females. And I can tell you stories, but I'm not going to. We all have them, awesome. you know. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you're, that you're, you're you're doing this because it also inspires you know when I talk to you about about this stuff when I talk to Suge about engineering and sound sound engineering Mm -hmm. uh it's hopefully people who are listening to the show might be inspired to try things that are outside of gender roles that somebody tried to place upon them Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping yeah and and This is what I I really appreciate in so many pagan circles, too, is that because the philosophy draws people together and the spirituality draws people together, and so many ways of expressing um, paganism are are much more egalitarian. You know, it's not one one gender divine. It's either two gender divines. It's covering the two sexes and, and recognizing that those, experience are, those experiences are complementary. Or saying that right. spirits are everywhere. You know, animism is, is there, there is divine in everything. You know, it's not just a, yes. a person or a human or, or, you know, and then there's other ways of looking at it where, you know, the divine is, is there, but it's a consciousness and it's not gendered at all. And I mean, I just, I'm endlessly fascinated by the ways people explore and express their, you know, their spiritual awakenings. And so, you know, I think we, we are much less worried about using the word feminism in our communities, because I think there's the understanding that in, there are other ways to look at things, you know, it's not a challenge to the order of, you know, the, the peace and order of, of the universe, if we say, hey, why don't we let that person talk for a while? Or wouldn't it be cool if girls weren't raised to, you know, think that they couldn't do math or, you know, things like that. And it's like those those are all elements that have crept into culture um, over the years. There is nothing about, it's like Mordred. There is nothing about Mordred that is evil. He is born a child like everyone else. And it's all the influences that we have in our lives. So, you know, I think a lot of, uh, so, so many people all around the world are saying, why don't we make those influences good? Why don't we make them, you know, where everybody gets a voice and everybody strives to treat each other well and where we treat our planet well and we, you know, we find ways to form communities rather than break them apart. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, so many people express it through art. They express it through the way they raise their families, the way they've lived their lives and all of the examples they've given to other people. Um, that's what it's all about. I'm hoping that we didn't lose this, lose Heather. We may have lost Heather. So uh, this happens. This is one of the blog talk radio things that happens. So um, I'm going to give Heather a chance here. I'm going to go ahead and knock her off the board and see about getting her to call back in. Um, You know what? I, I want to save Heather's song for the very end. So I'll just go ahead. We've been talking a lot about S.J. Tucker, and I'll go ahead and play the latest song from S.J. Tucker, brand new song that she just put out um, about the times we live in called Wild Times. So I'm going to go ahead and try to get hold of Heather while I play this S.J. Tucker tune. Thank you for listening.
Tucker Wild Times, possibly a song you might hear if you listen to her doing the online concert thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had Heather back. <laughs> Good to segue. About the online Sorry, thing. yeah. <laughs> hey, I got paid Sorry about that, for that. I I was just bringing it back to online concert thing because the point I was trying to make when the when the the call dropped was that um you know it's one of the weird things to get your head around as a person is that every perspective that could possibly exist is out there somewhere everybody has their own story to tell and that was one of the things that really inspired my partner Ben and I to do online concert thing was um, we've got the technical know-how and certainly the ability to learn you know new things and we we know so many artists who have such an amazing story to tell and such amazing insights to share with the world but they haven't they they haven't had um, the technological background that we've had or you know they they just don't they haven't had the experience or they don't have the privilege or the you know the the resources to be able yeah. to get their music out online as it you know this is the future of it right now particularly and so what Ben and I did um Ben had the brainchild of online concert thing and actually the name of it is is one of his um uh, you know, brainstorms because we thought, well, there's Facebook Live, there's Zoom, there are all of these ways um, to do face-to-face communications, but they don't sound very good. They don't, they don't really capture music, and they're not, you know, like they're not variants of being in a room with a musician you love. You know, there's no way to help right. support them. You can't buy a CD from their merch table or you can't chat with them and all of that stuff that we love about the experience of going and experiencing live music. And so we we started building, and I, I shouldn't even use we because Ben is the, the, the brainchild behind all of this. Um, ben started uh, code hacking and basically creating um, a really high-quality, good-sounding um, video uh you know, concert venue that also had a little tip the artist button so that people could um, help support the artist while they're performing. And they have online tickets that they can buy and they could go and check out the merch table, the virtual merch table. And, um, and there's a chat so people can chat with each other in the audience or, or if the artist is able to pop on, they can chat with the artist. So all of those things that we love about getting together and sharing music all come together in online concert thing. And so Ben created this amazing piece of software and we launched it uh, about three months before COVID hit. Um, totally unaware that there might be a, a huge need for this all of a sudden. So again, wow. I, I don't know, the, the, the spheres were moving and I, they all aligned exactly at the right time for us. Um, but the nice part of that is that um, as Ben liked for the, the name, he basically said, there's so many people emailing us and saying, how do I start doing this online concert thing? And he says, well, why don't we just call it online concert thing and say, here, we'll give you a hand. We'll, we'll get you set up. We'll help you figure out how it all works. We'll make it easy and user-friendly. And we're musicians. We get it. We get that you want to focus on on performing. You don't want to be, you know, plugged into a thousand different outlets and doing all these things. So really, we're kind of like the shepherds for for people that um, just want to get their, their stories out and their music out. And so we've been uh, running this concert series, and more and more and more artists, of course, are finding out about OnlineConcertThing.com. 
and getting in touch with us and saying, hey, I've never done this before. Can I run a ticketed concert through online concert thing? And our, our answer is, you know, thumbs up. Yes, please, let's help, let's help get your music out to the world. So that's the big project that we're doing right now. And, of course, lots of people from the pagan community have started to, you know, um, come to us because we get it. You know, we're, we're community members ourselves. We're not going to treat you like a, you know, a number or a, you know, some please leave a message and we might get back to you to help. You know, we're actually right there with them. And right. Saying, yeah, let's do this. Let's connect you to the people out there who want to hear you or have never heard of you and should, you know, all of those things. So S.T. Tucker was our, our first one. Um, she has been a total champion of this crazy project that we're doing. And yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. I get a chance to see my sister, my, my heart sister, SJ, um, performing a monthly concert. How, how amazing is that? How much of a, a joy is that in my life, as well as all the people that tune in to see her and Ginger Dawes and Alec Adams, everybody that we have. Uh, it's just been such a huge success. We're, we're delighted. Um, and again, because it's, we're all focused on community. We're, we're focused on making this work for everybody, you know? I have a question about about this. Mm. Well, my mind is already thinking, while you're doing this, my mind is spinning and going like I'm thinking back in radio terms about how radio when it first started was, you know, I'm going to bring my singing chicken on. And, and then it became <laughs> yes. flooded by it came became flooded by the by people with lots and lots of money. And I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest with you, with everybody who didn't realize this, DJs get paid crap. DJs do uh-huh. not get paid yep. very well at all, and it's it's a it's yeah. a, a a thing of love, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess what I'm I'm trying to say is is that's where radio actually started out being a community thing, and then became this this big bazillion dollar industry for other people. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> not the people you actually now, hear on radio. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, a lot of the musicians, but the musicians were not even the musicians made a lot of money because the, the uh, mm-hmm. you know this, the, the, uh, yeah. the, the labels made most of the money and they, mm-hmm. they told the radio stations what to pay, what to play, honestly. Right. But this is organically, like I'm already saying mm-hmm. that this is an organic next step. You know, yeah. this is an organic yeah. step in, in, in music. Um, and yeah. I, I say live music, but come on, music is live. I mean, if, yeah. whether you're recording it in the studio. <laughs> you're, exactly. Oh, it's it's live. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, well, and it's fun too um, because we've had we've had some pre-recorded concerts, but only when you know, like if someone is as Suge was once in rural Arkansas on rural Arkansas internet, and a huge thunderstorm went right over top of her house, and she said, "You know what? I'm not going to be able to to do my live show in an hour." So what she did was she performed a whole bunch of stuff as if she as if she was live, and she um, we we ran it for her, so it was like we were still able to do it. But that part of the energy and part of the excitement of online concert thing is that it's actually happening. You know, there's a connection that you don't get when you're just watching a video. That's YouTube. But this is actually a musician on the other end with their guitar, with their harp, with with their piano, with their trumpet, whatever it is, they're actually there and they're actually doing it. And there's something there that you can't you can't replace. 
So yeah, it's it's part of what we love about running this thing. I'm so excited that the that the universe said, "Hey, Ben, Heather, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to do this." Soon, and then it was yeah. Ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Who knew? Is, is you know, a, that, it just came at the right time. Is there? And I, I, you know, you're you're teaching me as we go along. Is there a place to see all the shows on online concert thingy? They, I keep saying thingy. It's not thingy. <laughs> That's a Pamism. <laughs> online concert thing <laughs> if I say thingy I'm wrong okay it's online concert thing <laughs> um but is there is there like a, a a schedule uh that you can see all the shows or is it do you just have to know who's doing it is there a way to, to see what's yeah. coming up well we we are starting a huge newsletter list of everybody who's come to the concerts um so that we send out a newsletter every Friday telling people the fun stuff that's coming up um the the artists who have just booked and sometimes we have you know a um a little hello from the artist in a in a video for them or an introduction to their music so a little bit of extra to get people excited about them and all of our concerts are, as soon as you go to onlineconcertthing.com, all of our upcoming concerts are there, and you can just scroll through and say, ooh, that sounds cool, you know, ooh, Celtic jazz with trumpet, who knew, you know, like, it, it, there's there's a way to sort of um, look through your entertainment listings, as it were, and, uh, and hey. find out about it, and of course, all the artists send out notices on Facebook and tell all their fans, too, so we're building a, an even bigger community out of the smaller communities. When you say online, uh, the Celtic jazz with trumpet, I don't laugh at things anymore because I used to make jokes uh-huh. about punk polka. I used to make jokes about punk mm-hmm. polka and now Gogo Bordello. So <laughs> exactly, uh, yep, they are like the poster yeah. child for. <laughs> punk polka. And I'm not joking. We had we had a gentleman. We had a gentleman who was a solo act. He was performing from the Pittsburgh area, and he would sing play piano and occasionally he would play piano with one hand and do a trumpet solo with the other hand and I was watching this wow this is live he is actually doing this and it was the most amazing concert so you know you never know what you're going to see it's quite quite astonishing what people can do awesome I'm I'm really can you sign up for the 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 Mm -hmm. newsletter at online online concert thing.com yep you certainly can I mean the yeah, onlineconcertthing.com. You just pop over and the mailing list uh, sign up is there. And if anybody is or, or knows musicians that are trying to get themselves onto the whole online thing, as it were, um, get them in touch with us. We're always glad to, to hear from people um, and we'll help coach and, you know, like if there's things that they just if they don't even know where to turn to find out about these things drop us a line i mean our email is right on onlineconcertthing.com it's actually easy it's hello at onlineconcertthing.com um and it's it's me it's ben it's another guy james who runs this with us and suge is our promo queen she is so amazing she just yes. i don't know how she does it she is incredible at getting the word out to people in the community so it's going to be one of us that answers so if if you know somebody that's having trouble or or just really excited about getting their their music into the online world then get them in touch with us we're always happy to hear from people so it could be it's not just pagan musicians or jazz mm-hmm. trumpeter Celtic jazz trumpeters anyone could be I, I anything. I have a friend who has a band in the D.C. area, and I'm like, hey, have you thought about doing it online? And I, I said that I was going to have this interview with you 
eventually and that I'd reach out to him when it was done to see. Now, I have a really weird, I I don't know if it's something that you'd be interested in doing, but I have a friend that yeah. has, like, he used to do uh, trivia shows Ooh. that he would, yeah. and, and I was, he's trying to find a venue to do, to do the trivia show. And it relies on him having that, that, you know, connection with the audience mm-hmm. to, to do the show. Huh? And I'm, I'm wondering if this might be a, a thing for him. You know, get him in I touch because as artists ourselves, we're always so excited about, you know, trying crazy new things. Uh, Suj and I are thinking of trying to find some way. Um, do I still have you there? Yeah, we're still here. Oh, good. Phew. I heard something and I thought, oh, it's kicked me off again. It but, does. Um, it you know, does we're weird stuff. <laughs> Blog Talk Radio is Suj amazing, and I are but trying it's to find online content. but I mean we're always looking for new stuff Um, there's no the sky is the limit Asuj and I are talking about finding a way to do a a socially distanced version of Queens of Avalon maybe with sing-along parts for people at home Um, James uh, one of our folks at online concert thing is a is a theater actor and we're like get the word out maybe there's some plays that that want to set up their camera and get the the stuff out to people you know it's we have the tools and you know at this point we are delighted to hear about anybody's ideas who knows maybe it'll be just the the most astonishing amazing new thing and yeah we're always happy to hear from people with new ideas there's a community theater just south of where i live that that uh took Mm -hmm. their their shows online I mean, they, they, yeah. I don't know exactly how they're doing it, but that's not a bad idea. Uh, exactly. it's, I, I, I kind of feel like I got ahead of the curve because I was, I've been living, you know, with the social distancing and online so much of the last few years. Um, so I hate to say this because this is like we said, a scary time, but it's also mm-hmm. exciting because of all the ways that yeah. we can get connected. Uh, and, yeah. and I love what you're doing yeah. with the online concert thing. I have I, I have an idea for you that I want to talk to you about off, off mic about the online concert thing. I have an idea. Sweet. But awesome. before I do that, we're going to talk offline about it because uh, I don't want to, <laughs> cool. you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Hey, can you give me a bazillion dollars now, Heather? No. But I got an idea. Don't spill the beans. Yeah, don't spill the beans. Sweet. Yeah, well, no, that sounds good. I'm part of the joy of life is getting a chance to hear what other people are, are coming up with. And there are more ideas that I will never think of than the ones that I have thought of. So honestly, I'm I'm so in your corner on this. I don't even know what it is, but we will talk. <laughs> I, I think you'll like it. Okay, so, so you're doing the online concert thing. You've done all these albums. And you you mm-hmm. have a, a your own record label, right? You your own production. Is it your yeah. own record label or your own production? It's your own yep. record label. Yep, that it's is my own awesome. record label, and we also run the studio that um, we record in. It's uh, yeah, it, it it all just sort of evolved gradually, but yeah, we're still ma- you know masters of our own ship. We run everything ourselves. So so if you're ready, we can start going into the the home stretch of of this. And talk about what you're doing now, you, sure, just Heather Dale and your your new project that you've got because we've got a cut from it called Blessed Be that I'm itching yeah. to play at the end of the show because you everyone's <gasps> gonna want to stick around for this. 
because I don't know. Have you, it's online. You can you can listen to it like on YouTube as well. A lot of your music is on on your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My, we're at YouTube.com/slash Heatherdale Music, and all of our fun stuff is up there. So yeah, including that TED Talk, which I also uh, I can I included it in the stuff that the Witching Hour Spellcast has done to promote this show. So. You don't have to go cool. digging for it. All you have to do is look for, for us on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com. I want to make sure it's not the Witching Hour Spellcast and it's just Witching Hour Spellcast. But, um, but yeah, we're still in the process of, of making our Witching Hour Spellcast a, um, more of a, a, a presence on, on Facebook and, and we'll take it mm-hmm. elsewhere too. Um, but there's, I, I want to go ahead and plug, plug witching. Yeah. It's witching hour spellcast, facebook.com, witching dash hour dash spellcast uh, to find the, the page for this podcast. Uh, go ahead and give a, a big shout to what's going on here. We've got Jason Mankey with witches, whiskey and wit. Uh, always interesting guests and interesting conversation. Uh, he's here on Thursdays, uh, The Witches Next Door on alternating Wednesdays. And I've got uh, my friends, uh, Dinah and Carlos. He's Carlos is the one that does the trivia. We might get him back on uh, with Dinah. We talk about Reiki. Uh, I've got the Dark Rabbit Radio, which is the show that we're focusing on music. And then tomorrow, I have a special guest who's my childhood friend, Paige, who has come out with an oracle tarot deck, the uh, Tarot of Ooh. the Kingdoms. And yeah, it's it's so cool. I'm so excited about this because she is, I'm a military brat. And when you're a military oh, yeah, yeah. brat, you don't grow up in the same place. And she and I were best friends when I was seven and she was eight. And we kind of went our separate ways. And so my entire life, I've been wondering what is she up to and, you know, what does she do? And and then I found her about a year ago and we're still so much oh, alike so cool. and we're still. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow with, with Paige. I don't want to take too much of your show on that, but I just want to tell people what's going on here. And Hedera Bindwood of, of the Laughing Brook uh, community online is we're going to go ahead and do uh, a lot of focus on her Laughing Brook community, uh, different, different, Facebook uh, communities centered around book reviews, centered around gardening, centered around, it's basically taking the community online. Um, she's Hedera is going to be doing a show called Incantation Nation, and that's coming very mm. soon here to the Witching Hour Spellcast. So if you know, I'm going to go ahead and do a plug. If you know anyone that wants to do a podcast, we're still growing here on the Witching Hour Spellcast because I just launched this on um, on on April twenty or April thirtieth is when I launched this, which was Valpurgisnacht. I made sure I did that on <laughs> on Valpurgisnacht. <laughs> um, and we are, you know, before we did the show here today, we were very close to seven hundred listens since we started, and that's just on Blog Talk Radio. I've uh, gone ahead. We're on iTunes now. Uh, I'm working with Spotify to get us on Spotify. We're on Stitcher and we're on TuneIn. So look for us in your favorite places to get podcasts. And Heather, I'm sorry for taking up some of your time, but I wanted to go ahead and, and 
some of the great things that are going on here with the Witching Hour Spellcast, um, which oh, yeah. is you. I'm so excited to have, <laughs> have you here. And I'm, I'm going to, one of the, one of the things I'm going to talk to you about that I didn't want to talk about, but I'm, this is okay. This is not putting you on the spot, yeah. but I, I want to try to get a hold of, of being on your, your list uh, for the mm-hmm. online concert thing. So, so we can promote uh, every week the upcoming concerts for online concert for oh, pagan amazing. artists. So, well, and I'm I, definitely going to be passing that. the word around about, you know, I'm going to be passing the word around about the spellcast too. I mean, it's, it's a, like you said, it's an Yay. amazing way to get the community online. So yeah, no, don't, don't worry about it. We will be, we will be sharing Aww. a lot of each other's stuff on Facebook, et cetera. That's what I like. Chills. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Heather, I'll go ahead and hush for a while, and it'll be you. I just wanted to oh, – I'm wow. sorry for taking – like I said, taking up a moment of, of the show that's focused on you, but I wanted to go ahead and let people know that, that that if they're just listening now, there's still more exciting things happening here. But now the excitement's back on you, Heather. Tell us about your, uh-huh. your, oh, no your pressure. what you do with your label and with your with – your, uh, apparently I'm on well, – on, on my significant other speaker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Um, well, the, the label yeah. that, that I founded, the label that I founded when I was um, just starting to record back when I was in university uh, is called Amphis Music. And um, it's basically an old term that means looking forward and backward. And I, um, it seemed to encapsulate my whole concept really well. It's like I'm looking back to these nuggets of wisdom in old stories in, in mythology and history, and yet I'm, I'm bringing them forward. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a historical performer. I'm, I'm finding ways to use new sounds and to, you know, bring these things into the 21st century. Um, and I, we actually just put out the 20th album, which when I look at that, I think, my gosh, wow, how did that happen? Wow. Um, but uh, we just put out our 20th album, the, the Heather Dale album called Sphere. And people can find that at um, Spotify. You can also find um, it to purchase at heatherdale.com, which goes directly to support us and keep us doing what we're doing. Um, but the newest project that we're up to is this um, looking forward and backwards. Um, it's actually a project, it's an ongoing project called Incantations. And the idea behind it is that we're taking um, historical nuggets from a musical standpoint. And uh, so we're taking medieval chants or a tiny fraction of a troubadour song or something like that. And we're, and we're starting with that, but then I immediately start to improvise. And we do beautiful wordless improvisations on these things. And um, we're working with a, a fabulous friend, uh, Dave McKinnon, who is bringing in cool elements of electronica and, uh, you know, hammered dulcimer and things are, are getting uh, popped onto it. Ben is playing synthesizers. He's playing electric guitar. And our whole intent with incantations is not to give you a message, you know, not to have lyrics that tell a story, but to give you a place to create a venue in your own mind where you can sit with your own thoughts. There are ways for you to meditate, to 
um, relax, to find a safe space, and think whatever you need to think. And it's very apropos for now because we're all coping with different um, different experiences right now, and we're all coping in our own different ways. Um, so these incantations are beautiful long um, performances, and the uh, the really fun part for me is that Ben and I will think about. Um, a concept, and that will become the title of the of the thing. We've got ones that have come out called Endless, uh, another one about Source of the Sea, um, let's see, The Lady, and just, you know, let people read into those, what they, what they feel. Um, so I'm having a wonderful time with it. I was so inspired by Enya when growing up. Um, I, my brother was in one of those record clubs where they'd send you a record every month. And <laughs> I ended up uh, begging right. him to let me order Enya one time. And I just, I, I've always loved that sound, that sort of peaceful and yet, you know, there's a, there's a pulse you know, to it. There's something to carry you, you forward. Know, um, I was thinking Enya when I was listening to it. I was honestly thinking Enya yeah. and Clannad. Yeah. I'm a big Clannad fan, mm-hmm. which is Enya. Oh, is, love them. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that's that. I when I started getting more into the pagan side of music, uh, way back mm-hmm. in the early '90s, too. Enya was like one of well, Clannad and the yeah. the album Magical yeah. Ring. Is is what I yeah. used to play whenever I would do my my own rituals. I would put that CD on, and I knew it was kind of funny. I'm like, at this point in the ritual, I'm always at this song. At that point, and I love mm-hmm. using music and ritual, which which this is yeah. tailor made for. Your 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 oh, cool. this, this, yeah. songs. Um, also, I, I talked about having Carlos, the the guy that does the trivia on. Yeah, he. He just he's he'll admit he's a noob with with meditation, and he said that you know the this he's the one that does the shows around the area with trivia and music bingo and things like that, and he's had to to put on the brakes with everything mm-hmm. that he did, yeah. and that's made him learn about meditation, and yeah. this is yeah. these the, the songs are perfect for that. For cool. if you're looking for something to do that introspection, you know, to do the yeah. breathe. I I know I I yeah, tell people whatever whatever way it comes go, out. Yeah. I I tell people when when they when they're telling me oh when the, you know some of my Facebook groups because the the disorder I have anxiety is one of the com- comorbidities and they're like what can you I, take I, for this and I'm like you're gonna hate me you're gonna rip might want to rip my face <laughs> off but. But breathing and meditation, breathing yeah. and meditation is are going to help you. And and you can't do it now when you're like ah, <laughs> you can't do it now. <laughs> but you get there. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. when you start playing songs like like this, you know, and, and I keep alluding to how amazing the song is, I'll play it eventually. But when you when you <laughs> listen to these songs, you you'll know it puts you into that that frame of mind to you know, let go, think about mm-hmm. things. Like you said, let it take you where you want, where it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. anything, I mean, I, I kind of took over for a second there to try to guide listeners to what they might want to use and what, what you know, to practical, practical use of music. Of because course, Because this is more yeah. than just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Music is exactly. more it's than just entertainment. Kind of, you know? 
And, and the musician puts intent, they put good intent into what they're doing. And that, you know, depending on how you feel about the ideas of, you know, a good energy and good vibes and, and all of those things, you know, that the musician, we definitely put those things into those pieces. So we're, we're hoping those come through at the other end. Definitely, definitely. And it's so funny because you hit it already because I listened to it and I said, oh, this this is kind of like Enya. <laughs> And he said, oh, oh, good. Ding, it works. Yep. Yeah, just, just inspired by along with all the rest of it, you know. Um, yeah, well, Enya and Clonade. Clonade, Enya is from Clonade. She is, she's a person mm-hmm. that is part of that family that made yeah, Clonade. Yeah. Clonade is, is, means family. Uh, people who might know Clannad, uh, they did the soundtrack for um, Last of the Mohicans. If you don't know Clannad, yeah. look them up. Um, and yeah, they're and yeah, I think a lot of people know. So and and you brought yeah, up Lorraine well, Kennett. Yeah, and Clannad, I mean, one of the most marvelous um, sort of pagan influence TV shows was the 1980s um, series by the BBC, Robin the Hooded Man, which was the story of Robin yes. Hood, but it brought in Hearn the Hunter and the God of the Forest and all of these things. And so, yeah, if people don't know, uh, don't know that series, definitely look it up. It's a, a wonderful BBC series. Well, and a good a good album to start off with is the Magical Ring because I think it's got Robin the Hooded Man. It's got that song from it. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're good. Um, and Moya Brennan is she's like Anya. She's one of the sisters. You can look at Moya's mm-hmm. um, Moya's music as well. Uh, so we're throwing a lot of really good music out there. We got to throw your music out there, which is really good. Yay. So before we wrap up, let's go ahead and and and, and I play this song. The song that we I've got SJ stuff still up on my on my 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 thing because I was like we play an SJ tune so let me go ahead and bring gathers up this is Blessed B uh, that we'll be playing here to out of the the show um, before we do that though I want to recap you things that we need to promote for you like uh, mm-hmm. the online concert thing dot com not thingy not thingy. <laughs> online just thing thing. Uh, a lot of great musicians and more hopefully even after the show added all the time um and -hmm. tell your musician friends too um onlineconcertthing.com and then we have heatherdale.com yeah to find out what's going on with heather and you have the youtube channel which is uh youtube.com heatherdale music is that what you said yep Slash Heatherdale Music, yeah. There you go. Anything else that, that I didn't hit that you might want to touch on to get people to know more about Heatherdale and the things that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, goodness, you've, you've covered most of it. Um, we're constantly making art and coming up with new things, and we always put it on heatherdale.com first. So uh, people can join our mailing list, and I'm delighted to give people sneak peeks in behind the scenes and, and you know immediate knowledge of any new projects that we come up with. That is what I love about the community is how accessible – uh, the artists are, and you were amazingly accessible to for me for this show. And I, I thank you so much for being my guest. Um, maybe we can get Ben next time too. 
Yeah, um, and thanks for having me. This is a treat for me as well because, uh, you know, finding other kindred spirit out there is always a treat. <laughs> so thank you. Your, your vibe attracts your tribe. There you go. Your vibe attracts <laughs> exactly. your tribe. Yeah, we're the we're we're the the, the witching hour spellcast tribe and and the Heather Heatherdale online concert thing not thingy. <laughs> I'm gonna, hopefully that's gonna be a, a something that's gonna stick in people's brains. Uh, when when you when when I make a mistake, hopefully it'll help make it a mnemonic device. Not all, yeah, it, it will be online not concert thing. thing. <laughs> and then everybody's going gonna go and look for thingy now. <laughs> No, it's good. It's onlineconcertthing.com. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's just evolving all the time. Awesome. Well, um, going into Blessed Be, is there anything specifically about this this song that you'd like me to to like to bring up before we play it? Um, just that it's it's Ben and Dave and I um, creating this space with good intent for anybody who listens and that we're inviting them to, to bring their own experience into it and just relax and let it take you where you will. Okay, so this is what you do is listen to the show, get to this point and listen to the song and then play the show over again. <laughs> because there's so much in the show. <laughs> That you'll you'll like oh yeah they were talking about this and I missed that so there you go uh, anyhow thank you so much tomorrow at two o'clock Eastern I will have Paige um, Paige Ashmore on talking about the Tarot of the Kingdoms Heather you're gonna love her artwork I'm gonna I'm gonna show you you know when we get off here I'll I'll send you a link to her stuff um, but as we uh, head on out for this show. Uh, thank you for being part of Dark Rabbit Radio, Radio Heather. I'm so glad I finally got to meet you. Thank you, Sue. And thank you. Thanks for inviting me into this great community. You're for, Jane was, you know, still have, I don't know if I lost Heather. Uh, the, the phone call dropped. And this is Blessed Be. Surround us out.
Thank you for listening to Dark Rabbit Radio on the Witching Hour Spellcast. Find us wherever you find your podcasts. That was Heather Dale, and we talked about her music and her art and the online concert thing. Look them up at onlineconcertthing.com and find out how you can stay listening live to some of your favorite musicians. Tomorrow here on the Witching Hour Spellcast, Hammett's Porch and... Honestly, my best friend from when I was seven years old, Paige Ashmore, Paige Osma Ashmore, has come out with a brand new tarot deck, an oracle deck, uh, the Tarot of the Kingdoms, and they're beautiful. You're going to enjoy it. Um, So thank you for being part of this, and we'll see you anytime you want to make time. Come in and listen to our podcast for a spell, Witching Hour Spellcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.